Welcome to today's episode of CLCI Live, brought to you by the award-winning and ICF-accredited school, Certified Life Coach Institute. Sit back, relax, and enjoy today's episode. This is another week with CLCI, uh, Certified Life Coach Institute, and today we're going to be talking about writing, but before we do, I want to remind you guys to like, share, comment, all of that fantastic stuff. Um, we are monitoring and we want to hear from you. So, Jerome, it's your turn. <laughs> Hello, everybody. Just like Brooke mentioned, we will be talking about writing today. Um, we're going to be going through a list of different types of writing, different styles of writing, uh, particularly online. So. Uh, we kind of want to help the coaches around in our spaces uh, kind of uh, figure out why writing is important and how to write um, after making the distinction on whether or not you should be writing or not. So with that- Answers, yes. Just say yes. yes. Just say yes, yes, just say yes. We all believe writing is very important, but just agree why is it us. important? Anthony, why do you think writing is important? Um, so- Writing is pretty much the primary way we communicate um, online with each other. So you can create a lot of content, you can make video, you can make graphic designs and art, but most of our communication to one another to get as much information out as possible in, in a dense form is writing. So, and that's how you reach pretty much the widest audience too is with writing as well. So writing is very important and not a lot of people give it as much thought um, as it should get. Yeah, with writing, I mean, pretty much anything that even speaking about graphics or videos that you do uh, post online as content, that also probably should include writing, right? I mean- Yes, so like the planning ahead. stages behind that include writing as well, because you'll either be making outlines or taking that content and putting it somewhere else in sort of longer formats on your web pages, uh, your landing sites and articles. Um, and that we can even touch on the about me pages when you sort of put who you are as a coach or what your services are, your writing, your writing copy for your services. Um, and you're trying to be informative and clear and at the same time creative as well which can be a bit counterintuitive because you want to keep things simple, stupid. We like so, to say silly. We like to say it's not, you know, we're trying to be. <laughs> not trying to be too, too hard, but. It's PG-13. We got to keep it PG. <laughs> when you think about it, say stupid. <laughs> when you think about the last year that we've had as a society across the globe, we've done a lot more at-home stuff a lot more writing, a lot more um, individualized concepts. When I talk to students sometimes that writing about themselves or writing about a topic, that overthinking kicks in. Mm -hmm. Think about your personality, sometimes just putting yourself, what is that new tool that you can just um, speak what you're, um, tiger or something but there's lots of new tools that are just going to copy down what you're saying so get that out so for some of you who have mind blocks about the actual writing or typing that you tend to speak more you can utilize different tools that help you formulate your ideas and grow your thought process through that right anthony yes so like <laughs> oh brooke you want 
<laughs> no, you're fine. You can go ahead. Uh, so <laughs> even even a lot of times the most famous best writers they always have these blocks that happen. Or if they say that they don't get writer's blocks, they're probably lying to make themselves sound better. Uh, we all have writer's blocks and you'll get stuck sometimes and you'll be told to maybe write an outline, think about exactly what purpose you're writing for and who your audience is. Honestly, I find the best when I, if I'm stuck on an article, let's say for a certified life coach Institute, I'll just write whatever I I'll just, I'll say like in my mind, okay, I'm just going to write just to get it out of my head and put words on the page like i'm not gonna worry too much about what's actually good or not and mm -hmm. then i find if i just sort of let go of that expectation and i just you know just dive in um you sort of get that energy and that engine sort of going and then you'll find oh i'm actually writing stuff that i like now that's good it's just me imagining that there was a block in the first place sort of kept me from moving forward um i think too a big key here is to be just be natural in too like be you don't be afraid to don't think you have to like dress it up or or sound super you know like use words you wouldn't normally use or or address topics you normally wouldn't address right where you're comfortable don't do that don't yeah. use words that you wouldn't use don't address topics you wouldn't address it is not something that is going to be um, um representative of you so don't, we say don't mm -hmm. that also brings me i mean so not only should you be you when you write and let your personality come through and if that personality is divisive if it has an opinion all the better right because because then what you're going to get is you'll start to you'll get people who agree with you and those will become your followers and that'll they'll that'll they'll be excited because they've got somebody who's voicing their inner thoughts in writing and so don't be afraid to be you and don't think you have to please everybody either in your writing um and then also remember who you're writing for i always say what, what is your intention when you're writing um so make sure that you know when you sit down to write know know the, the purpose of what you're writing for um I mean, mind you, you can write and journal and all anything, but when you're writing with the intention of sharing or posting on a website or something, it's good to have that thought process in mind as well. So let I, I would say let's sort of focus that a little bit. Sort of like, because you can obviously have different sort of things that you're writing for, like articles would have a different purpose than an about me, than an e business email. So like, let, I mean, maybe we just talk about the about us page. Oh, well, <laughs> is, the about, is the about us or about me page? Is it about me? Really? No, no. <laughs> it's about Bro, them. Lisa, what do you think? Well, I was going to go ahead, Lisa. I'm sorry. About the benefits that they're going to get from their experience with you. You're so, writing the about me for your client, not where, for you. Mm -hmm. Where is this about me going? Just in case anyone's curious out there, what do you think this about me? Because we're saying about me page, where could this potentially go? Um, oh, well, well, honestly, there's, a, I know, okay, so I wrote an about me for a client not too long ago, and that, that about me was written 
for multi-purpose. We actually did a longer version and a shorter version. We had one for the website. We had one that was given whenever she was on podcasts. She would give it to them before, prior to, so the podcast could have a bio. And then we had a shorter one too that was also used for that purpose as a sort of mini bio. So it gave, there was three different lengths of it. Um, but again, it was written about them, not about her. <laughs> um, which we say that that is like you're giving your information and you're who you are, but it's all done with the intention of, of showing how you can best serve your client, right? Mm -hmm. um, and that's the purpose of writing the about me and making it about them in that moment. Um, also, you want to keep in mind, you're sort of trying to establish trust as well and sort of your um, expertise in whatever subject. So like if I was a health and wellness coach or like if, you know, in sort of that area, I might not focus on some parts of my life or give this huge long um, backstory um, going all the way back until like high school. I might focus on the about me parts of my life that are relevant towards um, health and wellness and sort of my background in there. So, um, yeah, go ahead, Jerome. Is, is there, just to kind of simplify it, is there few different things that you probably should be including in your about me that you kind of just don't want to get away from when writing it. You're and also, is it is it possible to make an about me too big? Yes, it is. Yes. Well, it's the same thing. So with any with any rule, with any website, with anything that you're putting out there, even not even just website, people the way people read is is again as i've always say like imagine that they're holding a screaming child uh their car alarm's going off their cell phone is ringing they're late for an appointment and um somebody's ringing the doorbell like so they've got that is how people pretty much um function especially on the internet these days so you want to make sure that you have tools like bullet points like you uh you have headlines you have sub headlines um things that really make the important bits pop forward yeah or no it's just nice chunks like your paragraphs like if you've if the last time you've ever written anything was longer than like maybe a page was in school you'll you'll like tend to write nice longer paragraphs people don't like that in, it's like shorten it up writing and, and look most people i i tend to like longer form stuff but if i'm just looking at um a computer screen i notice the paragraphs are probably two to three sentences and they're in these big or nice little chunks of idea 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 not one idea and then a huge long gone gone on the day of the, the the structure of intro line three three body lines and then closure line in a paragraph yeah. that, that does not exist any longer you want so, you you want <laughs> things to be sort of visually pleasing and a big just justified left and right paragraph is not gonna and that's the other thing too is as much as the content is important you cannot get away from the fact that the visual is important as well and what can happen is if you have a big chunk of text that's all the same size with nothing that stands out that can look very daunting to somebody that can be like oh my god i'm not reading that um so so shortening it up and 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 breaking it out into little you know sections and finding ways to just sort of drive home little points that's what will get people to actually read the paragraph right is if you if you have something that pops out and stands out that will get them okay maybe this paragraph that's kind of daunting is worth reading so so approaching the structure is very important in that way um in the same the, the sort of same vein 
the topics you choose can be hugely important as a coach, as, or as, I mean, anybody who's writing an article, what, what are you going to write about um, that, that, or what, what approach do you take that hasn't been taken before or what have you? Because I know a lot of people say this, well, it's all been written. Somebody else did it. So-and-so did it. So how do you respond to the person who says, well, it's already all been written? Well, I would say information, you know, changes and people want relevant information. So, and that sort of, that brings me into sort of an overlapping topic. If we're jumping into article writing now and sort of longer posts, who is your audience for these? And let me ask you guys a question. Who are our audiences for the Certified Life Coach Institute blogs and articles? You should know. <laughs> we, we got. We actually have two. We have the thing. Yeah, we are. Audiences. Our audience spans the gamut in many ways. I mean, we're not supposed to say that, but really, in truth, what it is is anybody who's an aspiring life coach or um, wants to be in the life coach realm. Also, anybody who is interested in coach training, which can can then extend to businesses and can extend to um, uh, organizations and a number of other folks as well. So we've got, so we've got two sort of categories right there, which we can lump as people. We have one other audience, though, that is very important that we're writing for and that I'm keeping in mind. Who it's are not, you? What are you getting human, at? It's not a human being. Yeah, uh, Google. Google. Google, the SEOs, yes. SEO and Google, that is your other, your I, wouldn't say, I wouldn't say that one supersedes the other because obviously the people you write for are very important, but. But they are, they feed one another. That's they're like, they're like next to each other adjacent. Well, because you need, you need the people, you need the traffic to increase your SEO. And so in order to garner the traffic, you have to, so they both sort of feed one another. It's a, it's a, it's a reciprocal kind of relationship in many ways. Um, and so, but, yeah. I think we're kind important. of assuming, Brooke, what is SEO for people who've just have never considered it before? It's a uh, search engine optimization. So that is um, anytime somebody hops on the internet and types something into Google, um, you what happens is uh, that search term is then run through, well, two things, an auction, and then Google then also decides how it's going to order all of the web pages on the internet because there are millions out there. And so how do we uh, know which websites should be listed first and which should be listed last and that's decided through search engine optimization and there's a certain it's a science if you will um there there are certain rules and certain guidelines and certain things you need to do all of which are laid out for you by google in order to get yourself higher up in a ranking so that you can then appear on the first page which is ideally where everybody wants to be um but that's not that's not always going to happen because if i search dentist of course, Certified Life Coach Institute isn't going to come up, um, but that's because we are not in that realm. So we want to come up when people are searching life coaches. Uh, coaches. So that's where things you'll hear terms like keywords, titles, um, things like that come into play and are very important. It's because that is how you are being categorized in, in the algorithm. <laughs> um, of Google. The cool thing, though, that, that Google does is they give you all of the tools you need to succeed if you take the time to learn them, um, which can often be half the battle. And one of those tools is blogs, because Google wants uh, blogs, articles, information. 
period. Google wants all websites to be very, on the first page to be very informative and they want that information to be thorough. They want it to be information that has also been, um, uh, I guess, vetted, if you will. Um, and the way that they decide if it's been vetted is through things like backlinks and traffic and um, how many people you're getting. In truth, length isn't as important as people think it might be. That's what she said. <laughs> I thought you were giving us a PG rating. Informative. Think about couples coaching, which is what I do, right? The couples coach, what are people going to look up? They're not looking up couples coach right now, but they are looking up for relationship help. They are looking up um, marriage therapy. While I'm not doing therapy, I'm going to be an alternative to therapy. So even just a play with words, a manipulation of words that are actually going to say what you do based on how people do searches. And that's another important element of writing. I mean, this is writing as well. When you're writing for SEO, you're going to write differently than you would write for a blog or something like that, because you're going to you're going to have to write keywords. You're going to want to include keywords. When you have your title, your description, your description has to form a sentence. Google wants it to be, you can't just write life coach, life coach, life coach, life coach, life coach, counseling, life coach. It has to actually form a legible sentence and that that plays into the, your, the viability of your, your company and your SEO is your ability to use your keywords and your description in a sentence and legible way is important. Um, uh, there's also backend stuff that goes into that. But again, more writing. It's even, even comes down to with SEO on your homepage you want to have your keywords on your homepage and you want your the, the little there should be a little blurb or description that should match or be similar to the, the the description that you have in your seo as well and that should exist in writing on your page stop everybody take a breath <laughs> out there take a breath. i know it, it can be overwhelming <laughs> one step at a time we're going to give you a lot of information but you can replay this Take one thing at a time. At 0.5 times speed. Yeah. <laughs> I do. What I do want to address is that fear. I, I think what gets lost in translation is uh, that there's this misconception that Google wants you to crack a code. Um, like oh, no. Google wants you to perform well on their platform because it is that their platform. They're looking to make their platform as they want it to be as optimized as possible. So it is laid out for you. I know it sounds scary going into it, but Google is not trying to hide any of these secrets from you. It's very widely, um, I mean, available for you to actually figure out how to optimize um, what works best for you. And start small, like like we didn't when we started with our SEO, it wasn't that we we had everything there. We had all our backlinks and our articles. No, it's something that is a long term game. This is not an overnight game at all. Expect it to be a year before your SEO will even start to perform for you um, and start to do better. It's something that takes time. It accrues. It accumulates. Bless you, by the way. Um, uh, and and it's not something that just happens overnight where all of a sudden my SEO is outstanding. No, it's something you're going to chip away at a little bit at a time. Start with start with having your description, your title, and your keywords. Then go in and get all your pictures and do the labeling of your pictures, and then just take it from there. And then you'll start writing articles. Articles in truth is like one of the furthest steps in SEO, if I'm honest. And you're also going to be watching those negative keywords as well. Those negative keywords are going to help you stay out of different. Well, the negative though, those only come in in the paid ad 
land. Oh, but, I didn't realize that. Yeah, you don't do negatives in the, I mean, it, but, but with paid ads, they're critical. Where are they? <laughs> We've learned that the hard way, didn't we? That, that, that's <laughs> into, like a whole different topic about like, I mean, we could probably make a whole video on just advertising. On ad writing, uh, yeah. Which maybe we should, but uh, <laughs> for now we're sort of like keeping writing as a more general sort of uh, topic. So let's, I'm going to throw this out there. You guys pretend like you're, you're brand new coaches. Um, you guys have met a few, I know. <laughs> um, what are the first things I have to start thinking about writing? Think about writing. Like what are the first things me as a new coach who I'm, I'm getting out there, I've just graduated or what have you, what are my first writing projects? What should I be focusing on writing? I would say a landing page and just saying who you are, what is it you're offering and I, I, how they can reach you. I think it's a target. I think you have to have your target in mind and the, what you're saying too, Anthony, I think having that landing page with the consideration of who your target is. We go through this in class. It's uh -huh. very transferable um, once you are ready to kind of get ready. And I think right after you graduate, you're ready to go. Um, yeah. the elevator pitch is huge. Um, it's essentially your about me. And well, what's funny is, well, the about uh, the elevator pitch is, but at the same time, in in website, we don't really speak in the that those terms or that way, right? We're not going to say I'm a so and so and I do so and so, and um, so if if we're talking website, we are talking. We want to talk to. This is where neuromarketing comes in. To you, we want to use the you. You have this going on. You've got that, and that's that really direct pain point kind of thing. But like Lisa said. The first step is really knowing who your ideal client and then to start writing for them, right? Start writing what you need to say and in the fewest amount of words that will reach them, that will tap into them and tap into what they need. I think also a big important thing to, to think about writing is write what you're offering, like write down what your, your services are, what, what your process is, what, what the steps are, you know, so that I, you know, as a coach, <laughs> um, uh, and then also I would then honestly about me is further down the line as well. It would be really knowing that niche and starting to clarify what that is and who you're marketing to and writing for them. Um, the, the tendency of new coaches is to go to the easiest thing to do, which is pick colors and maybe do business and fonts <laughs> you know sometimes maybe that's what you need to do to get into a calm place so that you're going down this other path that we're talking about but really just you put yourself in a, an acquired environment or a noisy environment I have a friend that she would go to Chuck E. Cheese to do her deepest thinking and uh, calculations like that's not so not me but know yourself get yourself into that prime position to start building who you are in this not really who you are but who you're targeting and so who you'll be in this position i think exactly the who that that is huge i would also encourage people to pick a topic like pick sit down and say what can i talk about this is a question you'll see floating around on the internet what can you talk about for 30 minutes without being inter being interrupted what what can you are you so passionate about that you think that people need to know or need in their lives and that you have some expertise in um that you could actually write about or for the rest of your life over and over and over again in different ways what is that thing that's something that gets you going that you know people need and that you can write about because that really is kind of the heart of what your niche is is that that 
that subject, that, that thing that is going to separate you from everybody else. And you have to become an expert in whatever that thing is. Um, and if you're not already right, Anthony thoughts. I, cause I'm, when I write for anything really business related, uh, I keep in mind who is going to read this, who is the actual person on the other side of the screen who can read this and can they read and understand and be persuaded by what I'm saying or informed by what I'm saying. Sometimes not everything is persuasive. You need to get certain information out in the shortest sort of way possible in the most clear way possible. Um, I don't even necessarily think it has to be in the shortest or the most clear. I think, well, clear is critical. Um, as, simple, as clear as appropriate. But, I shouldn't say possible. I should say as appropriate. I think thorough. I mean, especially for, for articles and things, being thorough with your information. If you want to be an expert in something, you should know it inside and out. And that, so the information you provide should also be somewhat, you know, very thorough. And this is actually something that comes into play with Google. Mm-hmm. It's not about how many articles you have. It's about having thorough articles on specific topics that support your brand and business. Um, so that's one of the things that I've said, go back through the old articles, fill them out, make them new, refresh them, put new information in them. Um, you don't have to rewrite it. Go ahead and make it new and give it more and fill it out. That's so important. And it's just a good thing to do because that's that being thorough and becoming an expert. Sounds like what I'm hearing from you is, uh, you establishing yourself as an expert. Which, yeah, that's important. Another reason um, why we see uh, coaching, or excuse me, writing has to be an important thing to do for all coaches. Uh, well, and that's why a lot of coaches have books, right? Uh, there's a lot of folks yeah. who write books out there. Um, why do they do that? <laughs> well, that's kind of what I wanted to go lead into as well. Eventually, like, how do you get to the point where you write a whole book from maybe not knowing how to write even an article or even like the basic like small copy uh and there is a way you can sort of work up to those steps and then generate interest in that book and then have the book be this sort of system where you're selling and making money off the book and getting people interested in your services uh as well and we to know a few coaches as well who've personally who've written books too and seem very su- successful with that as well so i'm louise hay i've gone to a couple of their seminars and they have um they propose propose book writing very heavily uh, especially there they have book writing seminars etc cetera, etc cetera. you have to go through their seminars book writing seminars in order to be able to host a book on their um website or lists whatever that is and one of the things that they had spoken about was to take it a daily experience to set yourself that schedule sit there and write no matter if you can't write just start writing which is what you were saying anthony just start writing and every day you get into that practice of writing a little bit of something i think brooke you started that i don't know how no i mean I, i'm doing it Sorry, car. Um, I'm doing it still. Uh, however, I've not been as diligent as, as I should be. I need an accountability partner. 
this, but, this. Well, but, that's, but here's my issue is I hit a block. I hit a point where I was like, ah, but I don't know where to go next. And it just recently occurred to me though, wait, why am I getting stuck in this space where like, I don't know where to go next. There's plenty of things I do know what to write about. I do, I could write about right now, but because I wasn't writing linearly, I stopped. But now I've just realized, okay, no, just write down everything that you know you want to write about and that you can, and I can assemble it later. Like I can, I can connect the dots at a different time, get out the information that I can write about now, and then connect the dots later instead of just stopping altogether. But it's kind of what I did. <laughs> I can. What they said to do is to just start writing. Don't worry about it making sense. You at a later time can come back and put things where they need to be. Or you have a, what do you call it um, when they go through and organize your book for you? Uh, an Anthony? An editor. An Anthony. An Anthony. Level two, that was the, the great thing with level two and writing <laughs> doing level two was we had a deadline. Like we, had, it was like, go get oh, yeah. it done, get it out, get it done. Like there's no motivator than, than knowing you have to have something done. And maybe there is a, there's an approach there though. Maybe that is something that, that, that procrastinate as long as possible. <laughs> don't do that. <laughs> well, um, that's, that's the collaboration though. You don't always have to write alone. There are a lot of writers and books written in teams, in duos, in why? Because it gives you an accountability partner. It gives you somebody that's there that will drive you when you don't have that drive that will check in with you. So it's not a bad idea to seek somebody out and be like, hey, do you wanna try to write something? Um, or will you help me? Or, you know, and having a coach, get a coach. <laughs> um, by the way, I wanna say hi to Elizabeth Paris. Thank you. She said, this is really good information and thank you. So um, we appreciate you, Elizabeth. <laughs> and for those of you watching us out there, if you have any questions specifically to writing, just ask and we can answer too. We love, love, love getting questions. We are writers. Um, <laughs> uh, going back to what you were talking about, Lisa, about just sort of sitting there and writing every day, that's, I, in, to simplify it, the two best ways to get better at writing is just to write more and to read more. Mm -hmm. Reading, like sit, actually blocking time to write and to read and reading stuff that you consider good writing or things that are geared towards what you're writing. So if you're just trying to get good at the process of writing articles, find articles on not just the subject that you want to write about, but a variety of subjects and yeah, then yeah. try to find the commonalities, read with intention, and that will help you in your writing process as well. Setting an intention is critical no matter what you do. I mean, I think that that I've never appreciated intentions more in my life. <laughs> but um, the one thing that you said, though, uh, just real quick, was to want to read articles and read articles that you think are entertaining and good and what figure out what it is that is entertaining about that. Why am I entertained? What what got me in? What made me read this in the first place? And, and pinpoint those things. And then any book report in the sense of those pin so that you can not copy them but emulate them in your writing right is that where you're yeah. going? and it's, also it's, what yeah, sucks about people's writings too that's a good <laughs> being able to read critically, to do, yeah. yeah being able to think critically and read critically of other people saying this is what i like about it what they say here here and here or this is what sucks about it 
is I, I find is very helpful. The other thing though that I do, okay, so I'm a creative and I have um, been tasked with, with creating stories and writing stories and coming up with stories kind of my whole life. And, but one of the things I deliberately do though and this is maybe because it's fiction. So maybe it does not apply, but maybe I think it does too, honestly. I will deliberately not read things though in the vein of what I'm working on. I might put stories on, I might watch films, I might do, I might have things that are inspiring um, and close to, but anything that's in the direct vein of, I tend to try to avoid so that then I can come up with my own sort of spin on it and not be too influenced or too like somebody else. I so think, I will avoid too I, I think that might be a trap and it might be a hindrance though. Well, I, 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 I think I, for maybe for hmm. it goes both ways, though. I, I don't know. I, I very much have that inclination. Like I want to if I have a sort of this again, I, this might be geared towards fiction, but this can be nonfiction, too. If you ever want to write a book, you might want to avoid reading those things because you feel like you might lose your like own them. creativity. But I would say it's very, I think you're ultimately doing yourself a disservice because you are not looking at the competitors. Well, I think that there's, I think it's, a, I think what you have to do, I think it's not a bad thing to read. I think it's not a bad thing to delve in, to look, to know, to have some knowledge of. I think the trap is the fall, the what, what, what people will be tempted to do, we'll say, or com is compare right, is to to then take yourself and compare yourself to this other thing. Um, if, if you read it and just with the intention of, okay, I'm garnering information, this is what I'm doing, I'm gathering, I'm, I'm learning, but then you have to, to consciously set that aside and mm -hmm. create your own thing. Mind you, you can use the knowledge you have, but I just would never get yourself in a space where you are directly comparing yourself with somebody else and their writings. So it's more about research, not a comparison. Yeah. yeah. You know your subject content, ins and outs. It's about thinking outside the box, inside the box, under the box, over the box, get rid of the box, right? It's coming get from the box. different <laughs> perspectives as but that, with research, not in a comparison. And that's what the, and then don't get stuck in that trap of, well, so-and-so's done it, so-and-so's done it, so-and-so's done it, how am I going to do it any different? And that's where that, that trap falls is because you're going to be, then now you're comparing yourself and you're not challenging yourself to, to just share your own perspective, which will in virtue be its own thing. And it will have its own audience, its own group of people that like it. So it's, I think it's okay if you, if you have similarities, that's not the end of the world. It's really not, but it's just, just do your own thing with it. Right. And, and this, this applies with others. Go ahead, Anthony. I'm sorry. I was about to say this applies to all areas and forms of writing. If you are wanting to build your um, landing page or your webpage, you're probably going to tend to try to find other coaches and see how they do it. And you might be scared that you're copying them but with the mindset we're talking about you're doing research and you're comparing and contrasting between a whole variety of uh different sources so you're not just taking one subject um let's just say brooke adair walters coaching.com it's not it's not a real thing yet maybe i don't know <laughs> not a real thing but if i only focused on that 
as my subject, then I would probably get into this weird mindset of like, oh, maybe I'm copying her. I don't want to be too much like her. And I might be hesitant to do more research. But as you start to start to look around and take time to read uh, a variety of sources, then you make the comparisons and you sort of pick and choose what works, what doesn't work. And then how can I improve this or make it better? Or make it your own. Um, or make it your own, yeah. I think too, though, also, um, uh, when you're, when, oh, my, I, my thought gone, completely gone, just uh, walked away. <laughs> I win. Um, uh, carry on, other folk. Um, maybe we can talk about sort of the nitty grittier like maybe editing or... no, oh this is what it was really oh, quick so, um, I've, I've got it now so if now if i'm somebody who's got a website and i go well so and so this is something i hear stole my idea so and so is doing the same thing so and so you know i um whereas it's something that i created and now i am bothered because somebody is is it's flattery right it's that that um uh what is the saying mimicry is is the best form of flattery or something like along those lines um I, I, there's no such thing, I think, as stealing an idea in my eyes. Um, I just don't think it exists. It's not <laughs> stealing if you backlink. <laughs> then it's an SEO tool. I necessarily agree with what you're saying because I think of those, some others in our world that are not in our world anymore and have tried to steal like our content. Well, I think there's a difference between an idea, right? And then actually like, you know, something that is trademarked and something that is um, yeah. uh, like an actual design. But but I mean, okay. as far as an idea yeah. goes, you can't, if you pluck it out of thin air, you can't, and I've got a million more and so do you. So don't get so hung up on one thing that, that that's the thing that will make and break you, you know? So we're uh, talking about ideas, not uh, actual content that you yes. From their content. Which is why we call it research. Well, and that's, if you want to talk, it, it, the, here's something that's kind of amazing too about when you're writing. And the moment you put that out on the internet, you're protected by DMCA. Like DMCA protects your writing. You are copyrighted. The moment it is posted, it is yours. If you're the first one to post it, it's original. It's not plagiarized. You own that material. And it, there are services that for no money at all that will protect that material for you by, and that's the Digital Millennial, Millennium Copyright Act. And so it's kind of this amazing thing. If you have an idea and you want to start writing articles that will eventually one day assemble and be a book, you're already copyrighted with each one of those that you put out. So that's your content very literally cannot be stolen um, when you put it out there, which is kind of cool. <laughs> Before we transition, because I feel like we may, um... So for as far as fears are concerned, uh, when writing, uh, we, I might be missing one here, but uh, we've got, I don't know how to write. So we've kind of spoke about how to get past that fear. Um, and then I don't know what to write about. We spoke about that. We just spoke about fear of copyright infringement. Is there anything else that may pop up as far as uh, why someone might be afraid of writing? Well, yeah, I don't know what, what to write. I don't know I would, how to write. I would write. say the technical aspects yeah, of writing. Be. So don't be, that's the technicals can scare people. A lot of times I read scripts and I have a lot of people who go, well, I don't know how to write in script format. Well, give me a good story and then we can figure out the formatting. Um, just make the story awesome. Uh, so the, the thing too, though, is you can, there are people out there that will help you. Like you can, don't, when you write something down, you should not be the only eyes that set 
eyes on it before it goes out into the world. Find a friend, a buddy, someone who majored in English and have them read your article before you post it on the internet. It's just a smart thing to do. And by virtue of doing that, that's a little safety net for you too, right? Because you know you can put it out there and then you're going to have a second set of eyes on it that's going to help you. Yeah. And that's kind of a nice thing to know, right? And, and maybe, then you get an opinion too, which is cool. And maybe this will help too if I sort of say how to sort of how my process and our process go with that because even even if you're a writer like you're an expert professional writer you think you know everything about writing have an editor for god's sake have someone <laughs> else look at it because Please. and you, read it out loud because you oh, yes, when you're writing yeah read it out loud because when you're writing you've got the blinders on and you'll notice like you're in a zone and maybe after 15, 20 minutes of writing, I sort of get into the groove of it and I just go, go, go. And I'm so in the topic. I mean, spelling is not really much of an issue because you should really not. Grammarly. Any, you should not have any excuses about spelling. And there's been some stuff that I've written. I've well, there are times read. though. There are times that like, yes, you, there, it's there are, a real word. Yeah, yeah. There, there, are, there are times <laughs> where that is the case, which is why you should go back and look at it. But like, there's some stuff out there where I've seen where the spelling's just, or the grammar is just yeah, completely happens. janked up and yeah. somebody did not go back and read it. And it makes you look That's like the second an amateur. Set of eyes. It's critical. Yeah. Second set of eyes. I will say too, though, so, with that second set of eyes, give them also make sure that second set of eyes knows your intention, knows who you're writing for, knows what the purpose of the article is and what the voice is, you know, and has, if you can inform them of all that beforehand, because then they'll be able to give you that, that, okay, well, it sounds like this. It's not, you know, because there's a tone that comes out in your writing. Um, so let me, let me quickly go over sort of my process really quickly. Okay, okay fine. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I, I kind of went off on a tangent uh, there because this will sort of help people like, if they're writing, they just want to know, like, what should I do to, like, get this thing in a usable sort of uh, fashion? So you've written the first draft of whatever it is you're writing, maybe your web page or about me, your blog article or a book or whatever else. Um, just maybe take like five minutes, 10 minutes, 20 minutes, just to two, do something two else. hours, go away, go do something yeah, else. Just <laughs> step away from it, do something else, get your brain out of that sort of writing space and just walk away from it for however long you need to just sort of switch gears after you've had a a beer not actually <laughs> we call you it can, yeah, actually you can drink while you write don't drink while you edit um, <laughs> but after you're gone for maybe 10 minutes 20 minutes an hour a day who knows come back to it and just read it with a fresh pair of eyes with the intention of catching grammar fixing awkward, weird sentences, looking for spelling, blah, 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 blah. Read it out loud too. I would say that's a good time to read it out, to do the out loud read, mm -hmm. honestly. And then sort of think about like big, cause you'll know, you're obviously you'll notice the very glaring issues of just like weird spelling, stuff like that. But you're looking at your format as a whole mm -hmm. and you're thinking, oh, should I take out this paragraph? Should I add in another paragraph? Should I rearrange? Not only that, but also most people, when you write, okay, this is just, most people have an inclination to be very verbose, which means long-winded. And and it's, it's 
always write when you read it back through read it with the intention of editing it down read it with yeah. the intention of editing it down like every single time unless it's you know like two sentences long um i would always say how can i simplify where am i being repetitive where am i where you know how can i how can i basically refine this process this, this so process. so you're sort of taking that hang on second. let me jump in that repetitive what people don't recognize, even in their um, bullet point writings, a lot of the times, is they're saying the same thing over and over and over again, only using different words. So look, uh, when you're uh, reviewing your material, make sure you're not just saying the same thing using different words because you're trying to use filler. You may not be using it as filler, but it does come out. Like it happens. Well, it's not just filler. It's that a lot of times we get very passionate about something and we want people to understand. So we say it 10 different times in 10 different ways in the hopes that everybody gets it. Um, and it's not always necessary. Most of the time we could get it after one or two times. <laughs> so yes. well, really, when you're doing bullet point, less is better because you're yeah. going to identify what you're talking about. Okay, go ahead. Thank Anthony. you. Oh, yeah. So That's after you've said, taken that <laughs> bigger look as a whole of the whole sort of structure of what you're writing, then start to focus on the individual paragraphs, start reading stuff aloud, and then line editing is pretty much just going sentence by sentence. Does this sentence make sense just standing by itself? Is this an actual sentence? Is this not a run on, run on or fragment or grammar, you know, et cetera, et cetera, which I don't, you know, I don't know everything there is to know about grammar and I can't really say it out loud, but intuitively, we we learned how to speak and humans learn spoken language before we learned how to write so <laughs> primarily it should sound when you say it out loud like a complete sentence with the thought and it should sound not only complete but legible and, and, and casual honestly yeah. i'm gonna i dare say casual unless you're you know at poe or uh you know tolkien i think that that we can keep it kind of casual like you know relax a little yeah. bit have a voice let your personality come through um if you're if you're sarcastic you can be sarcastic in your writing um and and let it write as such write it naturally as you would speak it um I also I also think that um, uh, you when you were saying with the line editing going line by line, one and and going paragraph by paragraph. One of the things in in script writing again that we do is when we read any dialogue, anything that's written, really is you ask yourself, how does this serve the plot? How does this serve the the, the overall story? And and is it is it driving the, the story forward? The same thing can be applied in your writing for coaching or anything, but you would say how how is this sentence driving my point forward how is it driving the plot forward would be really it's like how am i how am i being more informative how is it giving the intention of what i am trying to communicate and is it serving that purpose within the the, the bounds of the intention of the article mm -hmm. does that make sense uh, i think it's critical to know that and to keep that that's that intention have that intention in mind the whole way so for some people it's easier to create what they what they call an avatar to take yourself and make an avatar and create who this is to make it outside of yourself to allow that flow that Brooke was speaking about. So whatever it takes to get you going, that's what we're trying to share with you. Whatever it takes. What does it take to get you guys going? Hmm? <laughs> <laughs> and finally, back to that sort of process I was talking about. Okay. After, you, <laughs> after you looked at Anthony, what does it take to get your process started? <laughs> to get started. No, we're ending the process, not getting it started. Um, 
But what do you, at the last step is you give it to an editor, right? Yeah, the last step, <laughs> after I've tired of it, because eventually, I mean, you could always keep tweaking it and keep tweaking it and keep tweaking yes, it. Yes, and I, I have deadlines, so that makes it a little bit easier. You, if you're by yourself, you might not have a deadline that's exactly set. And it would be very helpful to start setting deadlines for yourself, even if you break them nothing really bad's going to happen. But uh, I mean, if I break a deadline, I don't imagine Brooke's going to, you know, come and kill me, but <laughs> I, I have that deadline. I'm done with it. I'm whether I'm happy or not with it is doesn't matter because there's been a lot of times where I think I've probably written a good article that I don't actually in the moment like at all. And I'm not very <laughs> pleased with what I wrote. That's just, you know, internal stuff. You have to get over that. I hand it over to Brooke. I rewrite Brooke, the whole thing. <laughs> maybe sometimes she does, sometimes she doesn't. You have to kind of I'm leave totally, your... I'm totally kidding. I'm totally kidding. I do not but, know I mean, you, you, whoever your editor is, this might be your significant other. This might be someone you pay a lot of money for. Whoever that is, you have to leave your ego out of it and be very <laughs> open because they're looking at it from a completely different perspective than what you just went through. You went through mm. maybe an hour or two long process of just writing, you hand that over, you sort of establish from the beginning what you're sort of looking for feedback on. Uh, in the case- Don't take it personal. That's the biggest yeah. thing is don't be open to criticism. It's a good thing. It's a chance for you to grow. It's a chance for you to get better. It's a chance for the writing to improve and just don't take so, it personal. So Brooke, what happens as soon as I tell you the draft is sitting in the drafts? In um, what do I do? What do I do? What, I, what, do, what do you do? And very, how much time do we have? I do, I do pretty quickly. Well, yeah, and we have a question too. Um, so oh. I, what I do typically is I pull it up in two places. I pull it up on my computer and I pull it up on my phone. I make sure that it looks good structurally on the phone. I make sure that it looks good structurally on the computer. And then I go through and I read it uh, line by line. And I read it with the intention of knowing what our voice is at CLCI. And I adjust anything that needs adjusting. Um, if it's minor, if it's a major adjustment, I will consult Anthony and I will say, hey, do you mind? Um, um, otherwise, if it's a if it's if it's a smaller thing, I just go in and sort of switch out what needs to be switched out, and then I say, okay, I think it's fantastic, send it on, <laughs> or I just publish it. Um, uh, so it's it's a good process we have, um, uh, and I check spelling of course and things like that, second set of eyes, and just do a, a passover. And I, it's important for me to do a passover on the phone and on the computer because I have a feeling Anthony does not look on his phone when he comes to writing so i was that's i always try to check the mobile side to make sure that that's good as well um i would think it, that the the blog sort of thing for wix like there's not a lot of room for it to be messed up but maybe there's not, but sometimes you'd be surprised like there's little weird quirks that happen um uh really quick though laura kramer uh asks must we always write to one person or can we say we as in we as humans instead of we or you or i basically yeah, how do we address would, folks i keep it consistent i would say because that's sort of going into an issue of um i have a question about that though because where where are we keeping it consistent are we keeping it consistent across all platforms all areas or are we keeping it consistent in the realms of one article or one i that depends i have an opinion the opinion is you want to I have, 
an answer. <laughs> we are going to be trying to uh, garner clients from this, then you want to be speaking to them. Yes. If you. you're speaking to the group of, of uh, corporate executives, then you could probably use the we. Mm. But I'm going to say you probably still want to use the you concept because you're speaking to them and you're trying to pull them in and draw them in. Not only yes. from marketing on a neuro, neuro, neuro marketing level, we are speaking to the mammalian, mammalian brain. That mammalian brain is selfish and wants to be addressed personally. You, you talk to me, but the other flip side of the coin, when we are See, she's using being, when we are being critical, when we are taking credit, when we are working on a team, we, that is when we happens. When we are communicating in a way that is maybe there is an issue and there's a negative thing going about, that is when an I happens, right? So it's the I statements when I, I feel this way, when something you're trying to not be a tacky, right? Um, and then when you're, if you're a leading or on a team, you use the we, not the I did everything. And then, but when we're talking marketing and we're, we're talking writing for marketing folk, to folk, that's a you moment right there. Boom. And that's my, I mean, my, I agree. I think that's like, this is how it's done. You guys agree. Um, not really, but <laughs> that's what my, my two cents is on it. <laughs> um, Can you read the question one more time before I think? Yes. Must we always write to one person or can we say we, as in we, as in us humans? I think you I would, can. Yeah, I mean, you yeah, there's def, you definitely can. Uh, I think you should at certain times too. If you if you are being again, if it's you're talking critically, right? If we are talking about if if we're speaking from a critical perspective, and we're saying we do this as people, by saying we, you're taking ownership in the fault. Does that make sense? So we all fail at this. That's a good we, and not say you fail at this. Because the moment you say you fail, you're pointing your finger at me. I don't want the you there. But when I'm saying we all do this together, it's a failing we as humans have. It's much more sort of like it, uh, I embrace my own faults too moment. And I think that that's a good time to use a we. Um, I would say saying stuff as in we as people and then whatever it is you're about to follow up with. And that, then we can, you can flip to the you, right? It, it might be a bit vague. I would mm -hmm. say too, maybe because I try to avoid we as the, because I've also seen this a lot in academic writing when people are trying to justify whatever it is they're saying, they say we as people, and then they say very, <laughs> maybe, Blanket statement, yes. maybe bring it down to your niche as well. I don't, because I don't know what but again, this is writing about, but like you could say we as mothers or we yeah. as writers, <laughs> we as Oh uh, yes, I see. As people, okay. it's too too broad. It's a little too little too broad. Right, I don't right. I don't know what this is going to apply to, so I can't really say for sure. She, she said thank you and we human tendencies. Um, so the yeah. important piece is know what you're writing for, know who you're trying to bring in, and, and don't trying to show up and don't alienate them yeah. by being judgmental. 
that's that's the only and that's when you would want to use the we is to, to not not as to alienate folk so if we're if we're at our hour time up here so um oh man i could talk very all day um we are passionate about writing and we love what we do um uh thank you guys so much for watching jerome final thoughts i feel like you were quiet while we were you know barking about we's and you's and i's <laughs> i uh i feel like there's a lot more uh, avenues we can go down but I, I think really probably should do um i was excited to speak about uh copy as far as copy on uh pieces of content like video and posts well, that's and, a whole other so that's I a think, whole other yeah so i think we'll have to do like a so like a, an ad copy um a social copy a video copy and with headlines and stuff and like we'll just have to have like a copy series <laughs> um and don't be afraid of the word copy <laughs> about that earlier at least to me it's it can sound scary words are isn't it the title words are scary words are hard anthony final thoughts um in keeping with the theme for this month of business and marketing writing is a often overlooked but central part of who you are as a business and how you present yourself so learn as much as you can set times to read stuff that you want to write like and set times to write, even if it's never gonna see the light of day, write for writing's sake to get better at it. And don't stop because you didn't do it, because you missed one, or because you didn't, just just keep doing it. Just don't don't give yourself a break and just keep, get, get back at it, even if you skip a day or what have you. By the way, we got three yes to social copy, yes to the copy series, yes to copies. <laughs> <laughs> so they want copy yeah. information. Yeah. <laughs> so. Lisa? <laughs> I say just continue uh, progressing, take a breath, take a moment. Don't overthink. This is not about overthinking. This is about you wanting to help people. And in you wanting to help people, you're trying to reach your audience. Your audience is your target market. That's who you're trying to get to know, like, and trust you. You got this. One day at a time, take a breath, have fun, um, do what you can, and hire if hire someone to help you through the process. Yep, you can you can always hire Anthony or I. <laughs> um, anyways, thank you guys so much for watching. But, far beyond uh, copy, make sure you guys check out Certified Life Coach Institute. We we certify life coaches in three days, um, but not just life coaches. It's an education for life, quite honestly. So check us out. Um, and thank you guys for watching. Like, share, comment, all of that good stuff. And see you next week at four o'clock Tuesday. Bye. Bye. Hey, everyone. Thanks for tuning into today's episode. Once again, this is brought to you by Certified Life Coach Institute. We're an ICF accredited school who certifies our life coaches in three-day online intensive courses. In addition to other podcast episodes, feel free to check us out every Tuesday at 4 o'clock p.m. Pacific Standard Time on YouTube or Facebook for our CLCI Lives, where we get together and discuss various topics that are centered around sharpening your skills so you can become a better certified life coach. For more information, feel free to visit us at certifiedlifecoachinstitute.com. Until next time, be well.